Hi, everybody, and welcome back to yet another cracking edition of the Matt Brown Show. This is the Secrets of Fail series where we're talking to successful CEOs and entrepreneurs all about their epic business blunders. And with us uh, in the hot seat today uh, is none other than the man, the legend, Gary Puddles. And Gary is uh, the founder and CEO of a company called AnswerNet. Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome, brother. Well, look, let's get into the elevator pitch. What exactly are you guys up to over there at, uh, at AnswerNet? AnswerNet is a tech-enabled outsourced contact center service and service provider and a technology, technology provider, a communications technology provider. So we provide people, technology, and um, systems to help businesses run the way they want to run. Mm-hmm. And so um, you're obviously not only operating in the U.S., you're operating in Africa as well. Who are, who's your typical sweet spot customer? Who are you solving problems for typically? Well, we have 10,000 clients. So we started in the traditional telephone answering service, which tends to be lots of very small volume clients. And even within that group of clients, we have, you know, uh, big consulting firms, Fortune 500 companies, but we also have doctors, lawyers, plumbers, and and people like that. So at the bigger end, our biggest clients are in energy. We do uh, a lot of work in the energy space, mostly in the um, customer care. And we're also very big in in compliance. So we have a service, which is also very big in energy called third-party verification. So what we do for energy companies, healthcare companies, and telecom companies is we contact the consumers who buy from them and confirm that they actually know what they're buying so that no consumer will ever feel ripped off by one of our clients. Very, very, very interesting. Well, um, I'd love to talk to you more about everything that you're doing, but that would take a whole other show. Uh, we don't have time for that, unfortunately, <laughs> on this series. So, Gary, what is your epic story of fail for our audience around the world today? So the first thing I'm going to say, if I'm sitting in this seat with you, Matt, I've not failed. I've had setbacks. I have not always been successful. But the world word failure to me is, is a defined ending concept. Although hashtag fail, you know, we've all seen the videos on on TikTok and YouTube where somebody hurts themselves and that's a fail. If, if I were going to look at any epic fail in my business, it was the uh uh, the the challenges I had in knowing when to separate from a partner. I I started this business with somebody who gave me my opportunity. He gave me my chance, and I wouldn't be where I am sitting without him. At some point, his view of our partnership changed, and I sort of missed it. So what it wound up is after being in business together for nine years, we wound up in a situation where where he wanted out and I didn't want to end the partnership and it caused us to wind up in litigation and falling, you know, falling apart from each other. And, and I would say that is my biggest fail was not recognizing that his view of the partnership changed and that, that we couldn't come to a term on how we would move forward uh, because I wanted to keep the company intact, and he just didn't. Um, I don't know what he would have expected as a better outcome, but ultimately we split the company, mm-hmm. and that's how we moved forward. 
So how do you know when, if you have a partner, when, you know, the, the, from the him or her's perspective, the other party's perspective, how do you f figure out, like, when things have changed for them? Well, quite frankly, obviously, I was clueless. So I'm probably the wrong one to ask that question for. The, what I can say is this. There's a reason why many venture firms, a reason why many PE firms basically come into the relationship with a five-year exit plan. If you notice, a lot of firms will limit their investment timeline to five years. And then there's always the, the firm that says, oh, no, I want to be in there forever until, of course, they want to get out. So I don't know that I can tell you how you know. Um, the other thing that happens, and, and it's, it's interesting because it's like any relationship. You know, there's a reason why 50% of the couples wind up in divorce, right? Because after a number of years, people do people don't change, but their their goals change and their life visions change. So what happens is many times it's that somebody wants to do something else with their time or something else with their money and uh, or in the case of a relationship, something else with their body. They want to be in a different situation. And if you don't work out the plans and the details on how to separate as you go into the relationship, then you're really you're really going to be faced with a situation like I was, mm. like many people are in all different kinds of relationships where one person wants out and the other person does. Mm -hmm. So, Gary, when you think about that whole experience with your partner and so on, what lesson did you learn or is there some kind of insight that you now take forward with you into the Ansonet business today? I think if I take any insight into Ansonet, it is to make sure, first of all, that when I go into business partnerships, I think long and hard about how we're going to unwind them. And, you know, being a lawyer by education, I guess I should have should have always thought about that, but I didn't. And more importantly, I think that what I take from this is a much more intentional planning on how I build these kinds of relationships. So, for example, today, I still do partnerships with other people, and I'll often have what's called a shotgun provision, where if somebody wants out, they put a number on a piece of paper and that they say, okay, either I'm going to buy you out at this number or you're going to buy me out at this number. And and put the terms in around that going in. Because if we had had that going back that at that point, what I learned during that process was I had made an offer to them that, in my opinion, is still fair. And basically, my partner said, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to do that now. And, and I think that was a really big lesson for me is to really make sure that as you go into various business partnerships, you think about how you can unwind them and what that's going to look like and feel like at that time. Mm. That's really important advice, I, I feel like. I think I, I'm very – I don't think I'll ever take on board a partner just because I – don't trust anyone, especially in business. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the opposite. I, you know, I love partnerships. I love uh, collaboration. You know, I, we have a business of almost 2,000 people, and and collaboration is required. And it's funny because that's probably one of the things I think is a strength is that I believe in and I love people, <laughs> and I think that really helps when you're running a business where people is your biggest expense and what you what we actually sell is system time 
and people time. Mm. So we're either selling software and service, and but people service or communication services. So if you love people, it makes this job, it takes it from being fun to being insanely so aligned with my why and my purpose for being. Mm-hmm. And you get a lot of meaning from that as well. I do. I do. I get to work with some incredible people. And, you know, sometimes you get heartache when somebody that you like, uh, you know, turns out that they can't hang. And for us, we've grown since that split uh, in 2015. We've tripled in size. So, you know, watching people who can't who can't make that jump is also another big that could be a whole nother conversation about the number of times that I failed in hiring the right people for the right job or recognizing when somebody I hired is no longer capable of doing the job on a larger platform. Mm. Fully agree. Uh, So Gary, if you could get into the Matt Brown show time machine, obviously now knowing what you now know, hindsight being a perfect science. And then, you know, if you could go back to when this partnership was sort of, you know, hitting rough, rough roads and rocks and so forth and give yourself a piece of advice or maybe do something differently. What what would you do differently and why? It wasn't the problem wasn't the the, the advice. Well, if I if we want to talk about the, the split and the and the partnership that way, it is don't hire a lawyer who is who shares your vision of being kind and collaborative when you're fighting a shark. Okay. In other words, don't go fight a shark. And put and and while you're holding octopus, right? Because the shark likes the octopus. But what I really what I really um, go back is one of the things I'm very well known for is is growth. I'm a growth guy. We've done acquisitions. We just finished a spin of 17 acquisitions in 24 months. And when you do things like that, when you do that kind of work, what what ultimately was my undoing was that I didn't take the time to truly understand all the documents that I signed, whether I wrote them or, or put, they were put in front of me by others that I trusted. Um, so understanding the import of what you sign and understanding what the documents I did in a, uh, an agreement, which which should have saved me. And and it didn't because I wasn't specific enough. It's that kind of thing. So those are the two big pieces of advice. If you're going to go into a street fight, you know, put it, I, I often say it this way. If you're going to go into a gunfight, a knife's not going to help you too much. So I, I think that's probably the best advice. For sure. And just double-clicking on advice and more specifically, Gary, in the context of the importance of failing or failure and becoming successful, what's your advice to other CEOs out there? So I'll just, the advice that I have is remember that every day you get to make a new decision about how to move forward. Mm. So as as I said earlier, I don't believe in failure. Okay. And now sometimes you walk away, but failure is an ending point. I'm never ending. And most CEOs, most entrepreneurial CEOs are not ending. Now you might end this or you might end that. There's a great book called The Art of Possibilities that was written by Ben Zander and his wife, Rosalind, who Ben used to be the head of the uh, Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. And, and really, there are two kinds of people. There are kinds of people who walk into failure, as you call it, and just assume that everything is done. Or you walk into a situation 
you have to choose. You have to move forward. So even if the even if your choices are bad, pick the least bad, and then keep picking the least bad until you wind up suddenly finding yourself with some good choices as you continue to work yourself out of that failure situation or that or that uh, non-successful situation. Mm. Um, other books that you recommend, Gary, um, over and above the arts of possibility, what, or even other tools and resources, what do you recommend? So I really, I'm a big believer in, um, the rock, uh, uh, the Rockefeller habits by Vern Harnish. Um, I think that, uh, um, the E-Myth for Small Businesses and Small Entrepreneurs, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber Jr. is a big highlight. And Double Double by Cam Harold, if you want to be a growth CEO. So, so I've used those tools from those books to build my culture, right? So we used uh, Vern Harnish's Mission to Mars to create our core values. We have, I have built a, um, uh, everybody who comes onto the company has to read read my the painted picture, which is something I got from Double Double, and reminding yourself to work on your business and not in your business is the greatest thesis that you get from Michael Michael Gerber, as well as building your business so that the most affordable resource can do the work that you need done. So that you're not hiring, for example, a $100,000 person and assigning them work that can be done by a $50,000 person. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> amazing resources. Gary, uh, that does unfortunately conclude your time in the hot seats. I feel like you and I should be uh, doing our own show. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would love that. Any, anytime, Matt, you want, to, uh, you want to geek out on business or talk about communications technologies, I'll come back. I'll come back twice because I'm really enjoying our conversation. Dude, like you, uh, I recognize my, my own business not in you. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but uh, listen, mate, uh, congratulations on all your success. Um, 17 acquisitions, 24 months kind of gives, you know, it's a very strong credibility signal to what you're doing and how much. You well, know. you know, I'm in AA now. So, uh, and that's Acquisitions Anonymous. So it's been four months since my last acquisition. And, uh, you know, I, 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 have, I have my sponsors who are my COO and my general counsel. But if we're really going to be honest, they're more enablers than they are sponsors. So, yeah, exactly. you know, it's what happens. It, it's oh what God. happens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet that shit. AA. That's a new type of AA. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's funny, brother. Well, look, um, on a sincere note, thank you for being here and wishing you and the rest of the OnSnet team all the very best of the future. Thanks for having me and have a great day. You too. Everybody else, we'll see you again soon. Ciao for now.